everybody. I'm here at the healing studio. It's Leanne Hollitza. And today we're having a chat with Andrea about shadow work. Hi, Andrea. Tell us who you are. Hey, Leanne. Um, my name is Andrea Quarles. Um, I am a soul realignment practitioner and I've been doing energy and healing work and coaching for going on, oh my gosh, 19 years. <laughs> I just had a realization doing the math on that. Um, so yeah, it's really awesome to be here. Oh, yeah, I know. So you recently attended one of my shadow work classes mm -hmm. and I thought, and then you kind of talked about that you've been having, doing shadow work for a while. And I was just really got curious about what does your shadow work practice look like? And, and I thought we could just have a conversation. Um, but, and I want to say first that for me, shadow work has been a really important part of my alignment with myself. So when you say soul alignment, you know, I found one of the most healing things for me was to recognize what was, what the shadow was, where things were coming from, from the shadow. And it actually allowed me to come into this profession fully and have more of what I wanted because I was embracing more of myself. Um, but I did come, I did come into the shadow work though, kind of like most people do with like some trauma drama that made me have to face it before I was ready to face it. Um, how'd you come across the shadow work? Um, I think really the shadow work, the, the, even the terminology for shadow work is just kind of people looking at their own stuff and trying to work through what you've got going on with yourself. And then from that, we started calling it shadow work. Um, so I think it's the same place from you are where it's like the dramas and traumas and things like that. And then you find that you're talking to someone and they have a very similar one. So you start working with them also, or you start bringing in people like you, you, you find something, you work through it, and then all of a sudden you have clients coming to you that have that same exact issue going on, and you're like, wait, whoa, I got this now, you know? So I think that's really how my shadow work started happening, where I was working on myself, and then you slowly see people kind of coming into your practice that have that same, that need that same medicine or that same help from yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, well, and I, that's funny that you say that other, the people start coming to you that have the, need the same medicine. Cause uh, when I start seeing an issue come in my office over and over, I'm like, okay, something is in me is being called. <laughs> right. Because right. everybody today has the issue with this, then I must really need to be looking at that myself. And that's one of the things I love about this work is the mirror work. Um, because because it is really hard sometimes to see your own stuff and the world is like constantly reflecting back to you stuff that's like in your way or your limitations and that kind of thing. Um, how do you work with that stuff? Do you journal? What do you, how do you get people to be able to see their shadow? Ooh, that's a really hard one. <laughs> I think everybody's um, definitely different on how they work through it. I am very verbal as a person mm -hmm. and I recognize that. So I'm actually less on the journaling side and more on even doing sometimes like video recording and different things like that. And, and looking back upon myself about what I said. So that's my journaling sometimes is actually just kind of spitballing or, um, <laughs> crying. Is that part? <laughs> that happens too, right? The acceptance. And I think you brought it up at the, the class that you did. And I think we were very in sync with that when you kept using the little me mm -hmm. and talking about that, that's been a very integral part of any shadow work I do with anyone 
And so I was really about like kind of looking at that like inner person inside of you and what do they need and what are they saying to you and how are they crying out um, for help? Because I definitely think it's where a lot of our shadows are or sometimes in the littler parts of us, right? The younger parts of us. So for sure, for sure. Yeah. And you know, I think people get kind of nervous when you think about shadow work. And I know that there's, you know, the Jungian background of psychology and having to go deep with, into the hard spots. And you said crying is a joke, but I mean, it's true. Like you, it is uncomfortable, but it's so freeing once you get through it, you know? And I, and, and sometimes looking at, at the, um, kind of the uncomfortable spaces reveals a lot of limitations too. Like I find a lot of my belief systems lie in my shadow. Yeah, definitely. I can, the agreements that you kind of made even at a younger age, right. That maybe protected you when you were 12 or 13 and we're carrying those now as, you know, grown adults with our own children (laughs) carrying those same agreements still. Yeah. And it's not serving us. Um, and it's keeping us, small you know mm-hmm. um, and it's funny because it's funny to see sometimes where um, people's shadows lie as far as judgment too mm-hmm. um, like you know rich people are jerks or those spiritual people are so flaky or you know like mm-hmm. like yeah. the, those like labels that we put on on a persona or outside of ourselves sometimes is a good way to see the shadow too yeah, no, that's definitely true. I mean, that was, we were talking about it in my class when we were sitting there together. I was like, okay, these are my shadows. Let's talk about this for a second. But um, yeah, no, that's absolutely true. I think the judgments we put on other people and actually looking at why, um, like if we see someone and they're doing something where they're taking care of themselves and they didn't think about someone else and you get really mad at them and you're like, but why am I mad? And you're like, oh wait, it's because they're being selfish, but is being selfish a bad thing? Or am I actually upset by the fact that I'm not selfish enough? Like I want to be able to do that too and say no, you know, and, and to work through those things and how can I do that to take care of myself more? And I think, I think another point in shadow work that we forget about sometimes is that we actually put positive things in the shadow also, right? Good call. Yep. Talk, tell us more. Um, <laughs> that's like an infomercial. That was so funny. <laughs> But, you know, when we have positive things about us, you know, when we're, when we are someone who can be very vocal, when we are, you know, um, an example for me is being too much, like as a person, like you can already see, I'm like, ah, it's a rubby, you know, and that's a lot for a lot of people and has been over the course of my life. So it's definitely something I've had to make sure to like dim down and to shove behind and be like, nope, just sit still, don't move your hands, be quiet when you're talking, you know, and it's definitely, that's a shadow side too, is having some positives that you don't want to like, you don't want other people to feel bad, right? So you kind of push those things down. So I think shadow work is a lot. It's not just negative. Like we always think it's just negative, but I think there's a lot more to it. Well, it's funny that you say let's be too much or the the being too much because I, there's one of my favorite songs is by this woman, Rebecca Folsom, that's called let's be too much. And the whole thing is about like, let's, let's just burn it. You know, let's just do this. <laughs> I was like, I was so excited to discover this song and I went and I took it and I played it for a friend of mine. And I was like, listen to this song. And she, she got this look over her face. Like, I don't get it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I guess that's just my shadow side. That feels like too much sometimes, you know? So, um, but I, you know, I think, I think that that be too much thing is, is a real is a real thing for some of us, you know, where we're, we've, we've kind of been told like our bigness is, is, is a bad thing. And then, so then we, Mm -hmm. well, okay, I'll put that over here then. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But then when we Mm -hmm. rediscover it, 
it's like people around us that, that get us and want us to be happy and flourishing, love that part of ourselves, you know? And, and you know, this is hard to learn, but I think rejection is a gift in, in the sense of like, if somebody can't handle you when you fully show up as you, that's a gift because this just means you're not in alignment with their frequency. And a lot of our shadow gets created out of trying to be accepted and trying to, you know, fit in. And to me now, of course, as an adult, I know this, um, I feel like the people who don't get me or want to be around me, it's totally fine. We don't have to, we don't have to be around each other, but I didn't know that early in my life. And so I did down some parts, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really interesting point too. And sometimes even in rejection, um, you can look at what drew you to that person in the first place, right? Like, so if they reject you and you're hurt by that, but why did you want that person in your life in the first place? Was it because they were popular? If we're going to go way back, you know, was it because they were popular or was it because they were like the cool person or was it because it's like the boy that everybody wanted, you know, or like what were the reasons behind that and trying to dig through that now as an adult is always interesting. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I mean, I, it's easier said than done to just, you know, say, oh, I don't care about rejection anymore. But I really feel like Mm -hmm. the shadow work helps the triggers calm down. You know, like the example I like to use is like, if I call you orange and you have no attachment or anything to orange, you'd just kind of be like, okay, I'm orange, whatever. But if I called you a bad mom, you might... (gasps) what? I'm a bad mom. You might, you know, cause it has attachments in you. Right. And the more we do shadow work, the, those attachments kind of heal and, and they, they aren't so much triggers anymore. Don't you think? Yeah, I definitely do. And I actually love that you're bringing up the word triggers. Cause that was something I wanted to talk about. Um, that kind of came across just from someone talking to me passively this last week. And I think sometimes with shadow work or with any kind of work, um, people feel like their triggers are going to disappear, right? When you become spiritually enlightened, you have no triggers anymore. Like nothing ever stimulates you. Nothing ever upsets you. And, you know, we're all just like these like beings that are just so happy and like content all the time. And I think the biggest thing I had to try to teach people in particular with the shadow work or just looking at their own stuff was that you're always going to have the triggers, but it's the way you react to those triggers is what changes. You can still feel that, that clinching or that like, you know, fight or flight or the amygdala brain, you know, our little lizard brain. So kind of like, ah, you know, for a second, but how we react to that changes drastically when we see what's actually, when we put light on it, right? Like when we actually see what's causing those triggers and where those came from mm-hmm. and how we react to it. But I think triggers are something that I, I get really sad when people expect them to just like completely disappear and to no longer be there for them anymore. Well, I think that's a good point. I, and I, I, sometimes I joke like, you know, when I, all my triggers are gone, I'm going to poof, I'm going to ascend and I won't be here. Anymore. <laughs> um, I, cause I do think it's part of our human experience and it, and it's where the opportunities lie for expansion and growth is those triggers. But I think the shadow work helps us like slow the roll as far as the amygdala hijack so that you can <laughs> okay, I'm triggered, but now I can work with this trigger rather than just be triggered and be like, ah, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> so um, you talked about journaling and crying and things like that, but, you know, wh- what's, what, how do you guide people through a process of, because the shadow side, you know, is the side that we can't see. So how, how do you help right. other people see their sides that they need? Sure, sure. So there's a couple different ways of, um, 
doing it. So the soul realignment that I actually do, it's where I'm accessing the Akashic record. So I'm going into and specifically looking for like, I call them viruses, but what are the programs and blocks and restrictions that you're carrying from past lives into this life? Like what choices are you still making that's perpetuated from stuff that happened a long time ago? Mm -hmm. And then also looking in the records, like what are you doing now in this life? Because we're not perfect in this life either, right? So we're still carrying things that we've done now that are, they're never bad things. They're negative. They're negative only in the sense that they're not serving you anymore, right? Like those are things that like maybe they made sense six lifetimes ago that you did this thing, but still doing those choices now in present day, it's not serving you anymore. Mm -hmm. So we have to work through those. So that's the biggest one because a lot of times people don't know. They're just like, why does this thing keep happening to me? Like, why do I keep doing this ever and ever again? You know? And so that's the quickest way for me to to like start kind of bringing things to light and uh, using verbiage. But honestly, my favorite thing to do to people is to catch their wording is to catch how they're saying things and what yeah. they're talking about. You know, like that's my favorite to be like, yeah, wait, you know, you are talking about wanting to feel your body, but then you're telling me you don't want to cry anymore. So let's have a conversation about how these don'ts mix, you know, together. And, and that's, I guess that's my big thing is kind of just really focusing on people, but the soul realignment really has helped me start to kind of bring things to people's attention a lot quicker than it used to. Well, and I love that you bring up like, some of the stuff that maybe served you even in past lives or things, you know, and I do, I think even to, to some with the soul realignment that you're talking about, that work that you do helps people even heal like ancestral and stuff too, because our parents and our grandparents and so on and so forth taught us their shadow sides too. Right. And so that shadow work can be generational healing, you know, maybe it served you to, um, you know, pretend you were more, um, you know, more normal (laughs) when you were coming across, you know, and trying to assimilate into a new place. And now your uniqueness is back is, is the thing that wants to shine, right? It's safe now to shine your uniqueness or, or, you know, whatever. But I do think that that kind of work that you're talking about can help heal like across the generations, which is going to be awesome for our children, right? (laughs) They'll come back and thank us. Yeah. Fingers crossed. <laughs> right, right, right. Do you remember all that meditation you did? Like, thanks. <laughs> they probably won't even know to have to thank us because they won't have to deal with it. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. Well, I mean, that makes sense, though. I mean, we definitely find people in our lives based on frequencies and vibrations, right? So, our parents, our parents' parents, we all kind of have that same yeah vibe, same frequencies. So, that makes sense for sure. Well, so before we wrap up, is there any other? hints or tips you want to offer to the world? Oh my gosh. Ooh, that's a hard one. Um, you know, I think the biggest one, if I could get anyone to do anything would be kind of where you were talking about like the little me, um, conversations. I think those are the biggest things. And I'm just going to like, I make no money off of this, but like Susan Anderson has amazing book um, called from abandonment to healing. And she has a whole thing on the therapy of little me, big me. And that was like probably one of the biggest thing I've ever given to people who are not like really in the spiritual world and aren't ready for that yet, but they definitely want to dive in. So I think just really kind of recognizing that person inside of you and and taking care of them, right. Mm -hmm. Learning to have your own back, I think is a really huge part of. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then, and actually that's the tip I would offer is, to, you know, come out of feeling like you're the only one, 
you know, and that know that we all have like hidden parts of ourselves that we're dealing with, no matter how put together we look, yeah. you know, I wouldn't claim to be one of those put together people, but you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay. Well, I want to, you know, I know you're, you're near the healing studio, so I want to give you just a chance to tell us what kind of, you know, how to get a hold of you. If we want to know more about soul realignments and things like that, where do we go to meet you some more? Yeah. Um, I will have probably classes coming in this uh, near future, but currently I'm kind of like off the social media grid at this point, but I can definitely be reached, um, through email, and my email is just ready to be empowered at gmail.com. So if people want to reach out and like have more questions and, and they've got it, you know, they're more than welcome. Okay. I love it. All right. Well, I really appreciate the time you spent yeah, it was great. and it was a great conversation and I'm sure we'll have more about other fun topics soon. All right. Thanks so 